Welcome to the one within all to another episode of Interverse Podcast. I'm your host, Chance, and today we're going to be diving into one of the most mysterious of all forces in the known universe, and that would be magnetism. As our guest namesake, Walter Russell, has said, and I've heard Crow say a million times, magnetism is the daughter of electricity. While I don't know if we're going to get to the bottom of that particular idea in this conversation. There's a lot on the table because Austin Walters, our guest for today, he is a biomagnetism practitioner. You can learn more about what is biomagnetism after this conversation by going to usbiomag.com. And Austin is a licensed practitioner of this methodology. I do think it has a lot of similarity to the biofield mechanics that I like to work with my clients on. And I'm excited to be able to see the overlap in our mindset and our strategy and maybe even how we are working through the intelligence of our body or our body as a surrogate for the client's body with this very incredible, very powerful, yet so (laughs) woo-woo methodology of remote distance biofield balancing and and biomagnetism balancing. You know, one of the greatest things about these types of methodologies is that you're able to provide a client with the experiential knowing that separation, distance, these are mental concepts. They're not hard and fast reality. And the mental nature of our universe is fully expressed and understood whenever a person is able to like feel a difference in their body through the work that a practitioner like Austin is doing from hundreds, maybe even thousands of miles away. So, Check out usbiomag.com if you want to learn more after this talk, or you can follow Austin on Instagram at bone underscore and underscore shadow. Also pretty exciting that Austin is currently in Little Rock, Arkansas, which is pretty close to me. So I think maybe we ought to be able to link up and compare notes in person sometime. But buddy, great to meet you. Thanks for coming on the show. How's it going, dude? Yes, Chance. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. 
And uh, I'm excited about getting into one of my favorite topics, obviously, <laughs> with uh, with magnets, all things frequency, all things energy at the base of our reality. That is what we are. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about what we're going to cover today. Uh, and I'm I'm excited to see where the universe is going to take us. So. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a fun <laughs> one. One of the things that I like to tell people is that if we know on a conceptual level that the universe is frequency and vibration and that it all boils down to that, then really the truth of life is that all you have any kind of control over is your own vibe, your own energy. And so being aware of that is how you also influence the energies of what comes to you in the external. But I'm curious how maybe your life journey has taken you to a similar realization about the truth that everything is frequency and vibration. Oh, that is a, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I, I know some of the power. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can, I want to go, you know, I want to go deep, want to get to know you brother. So, yeah, you know, absolutely. wherever you want to take this. Sure. Um, well, I'll kind of start at, I guess the beginning of a wake up call, which was probably in, I don't know, circa 2003, 2004, maybe. Um, just like anybody else, I was your typical American dude, you know, into, uh, you know, hanging out with the guys, shooting guns, doing all the stuff you might do here in the South, um, with no real thought or concept as to anything outside of what we would refer to as, you know, just the nature of physical reality. Although I was big into X-Files back in the day. So I was curious about other things that, that might be out there outside of our normal worldview or purview. And so I, I think it was around 2003 or 2004. I, I mean, I got just absolutely sick with the flu or what we might call the flu. And at the time I didn't have health insurance. And I mean, I was just knocked on my butt with this freaking flu. And one of my good friends, his mom was a nurse for years, but she was very uh, holistic, uh, homeschooled the kids, that kind of thing. Anyway, my buddy tells her, hey, you know, Austin is sick and she makes this concoction for me. This was really my first uh, experience with anything that might have to do with holistic health or alternative wellness. Uh, he brings over this mason jar full of what looked like pee. <laughs> and he uh, he said, my mom said, you need to drink this, uh, you know, half today, half tomorrow. And I was like, well, what the heck is this stuff? You know, is it going to kill me? <laughs> and uh, Anyway, he said, yeah, she makes this stuff. It's called colloidal silver. And so that was really my first experience into anything other, other than maybe allopathic, you know, antibiotics and that route. So take the stuff. I feel much better the next day. No fever. Achiness was gone. And I was like, I've just never experienced anything with that quick of a, a turnaround. It just seemed impossible. Um, that stuff's so, really powerful. I'll just interject about colloidal silver. Yeah. If anybody has never used that, whenever they come down with some sniffles, I recommend it, trying it out. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on what like type or if there's any specifications. Maybe there's some versions that aren't as good as others. But a quick anecdote is a, a guy that I heard about. Uh, I heard talking about this one time. Uh, a long time ago, the term man to colloidal silver, he said that he had got into a swimming pool that was tepid to try to like skim out the water, 
and all the hair follicles of his lower body, entire waist down, all the hair follicles got these gnarly infections. And uh, he was messed up for many months and just getting worse and worse on antibiotics, but the infections weren't going away. And then he tried colloidal silver and got got rid of it in a very short order. Yeah. Um, so in fact, I, I became a sort of a self-made expert on colloidal silver. It was just absolutely fascinating that there was this liquid I drank that, that had no side effects to it that, uh, made me feel that good that quickly. So, um, you know, at that point in time, I don't even think YouTube was around. So this was still very early internet days in comparison to what we have available now. Um, so I was, going online, reading on forums, trying to learn more about this. But that one quintessential event was the thing that sort of um, launched me into uh, this idea that there were other things out there that we weren't being told about. And I wanted to know more. How could I find more? So uh, inevitably, if you are researching colloidal silver, you end up coming across a man by the name of Bob Beck or Dr. Beck, uh, not to be confused with Robert O. Becker, who wrote the book. Um, I think it was Electricity on Life or something to that effect. Um, anyway, so I started to research colloidal silver and understand the mechanism and how you actually make it. So I ended up for years, uh, making my own colloidal silver. And that is a, a process that you have to understand. There's a right way to do a thing and a wrong way to do a thing. And a lot of people, you know, online would caution you against drinking colloidal silver because they would, you know, once YouTube became a thing, there was this video floating around. You could probably still find it on YouTube, but you can search for the blue man. And there was this guy who had been drinking just gallons of colloidal silver, but he had been making the colloidal silver with tap water, just regular tap water, which you, you can't do. And so what happens is those silver particles become larger as um, so for anybody that doesn't understand what colloidal silver is, what we actually consume today would be considered um, iodic silver. It's not a true colloid uh, in order to have a true colloid. The, particles have to be suspended in solution for X amount of time. Um, you do this process by taking two pure silver rods or silver bars or whatever, and it has to be 99.999 uh, fine silver. Um, of course, today you can find m makers of machines that you can buy online that provide you with the kit to make colloidal silver for anybody who's interested in that. Um, but at this point in time, you kind of had to do like a makeshift, you know, I had to go, I went to like a jewelry store and I bought like two ounces of, of like silver bars. And then I was going to Radio Shack, like wiring together, like alligator clamps with wire in order to hook it up to a nine volt DC converter. It's like, it was very, you know, very much garage hobby type, type stuff at that point. But essentially what you're doing is you're, uh, you're extracting uh, the smallest particles of silver that you can uh, through a process called electrolysis for anybody who knows what that is. And essentially you're making a brew using electricity to pull microparticles of silver into solution. Uh, so the blue man was doing this, but he was doing it with tap water. And what happens is these silver particles actually bond to the chlorine and other minerals in the water, and then they become too heavy. And when you drink that, uh, those silver particles end up getting lodged into fatty tissue and you develop a disease or a disorder that they refer to as argyria. 
which is essentially these silver particles cause your skin pigment to look kind of a bluish gray color all over. Um, and that's what my mom always would say when I tried to offer her colloidal silver. Well, I right. can't do that. I don't want to turn blue. Right. It's amazing how like the worst case scenario always is the one that makes it to the masses. Yeah, exactly. And when, you know, of course we always fear what we don't understand. So with knowledge, we can understand something and lose the fear behind it. And so once you understand that you can't turn blue, um, if you're making colloidal silver in the proper way using, you know, clean distilled water and making sure you're not drinking the silver oxide that forms, which is real easy to identify. It's black <laughs> in the water and you can just scrape it off the top. It's not a big deal. Um, but, you know, here I am running strong years later after I don't know how many gallons of that stuff I've consumed pre uh, biomagnetism days. You know, I used to use that as a go to uh, when I would get any kind of sniffle or, you know, I've seen it eradicate things like conjunctivitis in a day, you know. So anyway, that's my spiel on colloidal silver. But no, that's that's amazing, especially the aspect of the DIY electrolysis radio shack thing. <laughs> uh, electrolysis, you know, I've never done the physical lab work for that, but I'm very fascinated in it. I've talked a lot about it with like Ben Balderson. And yep. it seems like if you were, you know, comprehending what happens with electrolysis, you'd have like it would give you a, an understanding of how nature does a lot of stuff. Absolutely. And that subsequently launched me into becoming interested with uh, pulse electromagnetic field devices. I ended up doing a ton of research on Bob Beck. And, you know, once YouTube was a thing, uh, there were a lot of videos floating around where Bob Beck was talking at these uh, Granada forums in California, sort of just like, you know, local community deal. And he would be, you know, touting the power. He was basically the the father of colloidal silver in a way. Um, but he was also a big proponent, uh, sort of in the vein of Hud Clark with, you know, uh, electro blood electrification, you know, using microcurrents, um, in order to get electricity into the blood, which they both agreed was sort of a, a missing micronutrient of the human body, uh, which, you know, kind of leads us to the path we're going to talk about later with, with magnets, but, uh, that, that somehow there's this external force that's also needed by the human body, much like we need vitamins and minerals and things. Um, so I became really entrenched and a huge proponent of Bob Beck and, you know, once I learned that he was also trying to help people with purported HIV and cancer. And again, this was all probably circa, I don't know, 05 to 08 or 09, somewhere in there. Um, but I became really fascinated with this idea that there were other modalities to heal the body. And uh, one of the ways that he was also doing that is he so he was using this blood electrif electrification method in order to neutralize uh, the bacteria or viruses or whatever were present for these people who were very, very sick, you know, Lyme disease patients, HIV patients, cancer patients. Uh, and his theory was that, you know, a lot of these microbes that were floating around in the blood were uh, causing the blood to be sluggish, which leads to less oxygen, oxygenation of the tissue, so on and so forth. And so um, he was noticing a lot of benefit where they would get better, but then six months later, they would sort of dive back into illness. And so he developed this uh, pulse electromagnetic field device so that he could essentially get um, electricity into the tissue where, say, blood normally doesn't flow, like in the lymph system. So he developed this uh, paddle, for lack of a better word. It's basically a magnetic electromagnetic coil. 
and it would charge with a capacitor. And then when it, it would discharge, you need enough gauss in order to uh, create what they refer to as a reverse eddy current. Essentially, what happens is the magnetic field line travels through a thing. And on the back end of that wave, um, if there is enough of that current, it creates a small microcharge. Um, so he was using that in order to get to the lymph system where these microbes tend to hang out. And I was just absolutely fascinated with that idea. Um, fast forward, um, I sort of took a hiatus from that. I was very interested in cancer for some reason. And then I ended up, I was dating a girl at the time and her mom, uh, was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. So I became a, even more involved in trying to understand this methodology and process and why people, uh, even get cancer in the first place. Uh, that sort of led me to discover Ty Bollinger's work, which I don't know if uh, any of your listeners are familiar with Ty Bollinger, but he's done a lot of work in in the alternative cancer therapy movement in terms of just trying to educate people on diet and understanding pH and all of these things that, you know, me as a biomag practitioner especially are very interested in and concerned with um, because we need to understand how the human body works in order to achieve optimal health and homeostasis. But um, Ty Bollinger's work sort of led me into the realm of just cancer in general. And then, um, during this whole time, I was actually playing in a band. So really my, my big, uh, push in life at the time was, wasn't even concerned with, uh, trying to work with clients and healing. I was actually trying to get a record deal and pursue something completely different. And, uh, as fate would have it, here we are. Um, so for several years, I was trying to pursue that. And then sort of when it kind of came to its conclusion, I was going through a little bit of an existential crisis. This would have been probably circa 2011. So about 10 or 11 years ago. And I was just trying to figure out what to do with my life. I sort of stagnated for a little while. And then uh, in the meantime, I was of course still interested in all this stuff, but I didn't know how I could apply it to working with people. And I, I still had a heart for wanting to help people heal. I just didn't know where the universe was going to lead me. And so, um, 2018 was my universe's wake up call, if you will, or at least that's the way I saw it. I had a, a very traumatic work injury that occurred, um, which forced me out of the career path I was on. And the universe essentially gave me a, a sort of a, a holding pattern so that I would be forced into considering other uh, routes to take. Uh, at the end of 2018 was when I discovered biomagnetism, and that pretty much shifted and changed my entire life overnight. <clears throat> There's a lot here to dive into and unpack, but... <laughs> Yeah, I took note of some of these things to maybe return to. <laughs> Whoa, did you hear that? That's yeah. a huge thunder. Hello, wow. <laughs> yeah, that I guess there's a storm starting, but yeah. Anyway, we've got that's pretty cool. We're talking about electricity. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Thank you, nature. That was a good one. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and hello, dogs. I wanted to. Go ahead and like talk about biomagnetism then as a modality and yeah. uh, what what makes it work. Yeah. So uh, during during my physical therapy and rehab, I had been following this gentleman for a long time on YouTube, a, a guy I respect, and he had 
his own health issues he was dealing with at the time. And he had described how he went to see this guy in California who was a quote unquote healer. And he didn't really say just a, a whole lot about the subject, just that he had noticed that it had helped him and he would give some follow up for his viewers that were interested. So uh, later on, he posted a second video and he mentioned the word biomagnetism, which was very interesting to me. So I had no clue what this therapy was about. I figured it obviously had to do with magnets, um, but wasn't sure if it was like pulsed electromagnetic therapy or like what the deal was. Uh, I immediately took to the internet to try to find uh, more information on it. A lot of it was in Spanish. So I was kind of confused about that. Found a practitioner in uh, Clearwater in Tampa, Florida. And I messaged him through Instagram and said, Hey, uh, you know, do you teach this? I'd, I'd be really interested to learn more. Well, it just so happened that he was actually offering sort of a weekend kind of introductory to it. So essentially flew down, took the course, came back home, felt more confused about the therapy than I did when I started, <laughs> but was still very interested. It was just a lot of these concepts were we're still very much uh, ambiguous. So I continued to do a little more research on it. And basically this will be, you know, kind of where we introduce biomagnetism. But what we are looking at is that uh, Dr. Isaac Goyes Duran in October of October 10th, I believe is the official date they give us. But October 10th of 1988 was the first quote unquote pair discovered. So what does that mean? Well, Biomagnetism is essentially using uh, sets of magnets. We use them in pairs always. So anytime the word biomagnetism is mentioned, we immediately associate it with using the North and the South Pole together. Uh, we never work with just one magnet. And so Isaac Goyce Duran went to a natural um, energy conference where the head physician of NASA was given a talk, uh, Dr. Richard Broingermeyer. It's a mouthful. Um, you'll have a really difficult time trying to find anything on, on Dr. Broingermeyer, by the way, I've, I found a book that he wrote years ago about uh, energy and medicine, but uh, you can't really get it, which is interesting. But anyway, he was given a talk about yeah, how he was like a renegade. He wasn't, uh, you know, if you're the head of NASA, I think you're supposed to be being less helpful than that. So maybe I can never scrub him. Yeah, I, I have a feeling he he definitely got scrubbed. You can't really find much on the internet about him. But uh, but he was essentially giving this talk about how the astronauts would go up to the supposed space station or you know high altitude training, whatever they're doing up there, and. When they would come back, they would notice that one leg was shorter than the other. Now, why this is important is because they, you know, wh whether or not we, we buy what NASA is doing, which <laughs> I don't, but whatever is going on, they were um, doing these experiments where they would do um, physicals on the astronauts and measuring hip and leg length and all these different things. And they would notice that when they were doing these high altitude experiments or whatever, they would come back and one leg would be shorter than the other. Uh, Dr. Broingermeyer is trying to figure out why this happens physiologically. So he it, it ponders the idea and his, his theory was that essentially the astronauts were far enough away from the Earth's magnetic field that they were suffering from what we would refer to as magnetic field deficiency syndrome. Uh, that somehow, you know, because everything that evolves on our plane of existence here is exposed to a particular subtle magnetic, fi magnetic field that 
uh, once you are away from it for a, you know, a certain amount of time that you start to develop physiological um, effects because of that. So what they did was they took uh, one pole of a magnet and they would put it in the soles of the shoes and they were only working with the North pole and the astronauts would wear these shoes for weeks at a time. And then they continued to measure and see if there was any progress with this leg length discrepancy. And eventually six weeks later, uh, they would start to notice that the legs would even themselves back out. So he's giving this talk at this energy medicine conference or whatever. And Dr. Goyes is at the talk. He's hearing this. Um, but because Dr. Goyes is from Spanish culture, uh, their culture is very heavily um, associated with duality, uh, things like sun and moon, hot and cold, whatever. Um, he was curious. As to- you mean they haven't taken gender out of their language? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that too. Seems like they uh, they might know a few things more than we do, <laughs> but um, he's sitting there pondering this idea, and he said, "You know, it's really strange that he wouldn't also be incorporating the opposite pole." So he's excited about this this potential, um, the applications of this, you know, and and implications could be very big. So when he gets back to his office uh, Monday morning, he decides the first patient that he sees is going to try and talk them into letting him sort of guinea pig them, you know. <laughs> and, uh, so he, the first patient that he sees was a purported HIV patient. The guy had been losing crazy amounts of weight. He had boils on his skin. Um, a lot of the typical symptomology we would see with a, a true a AIDS patient. And so Dr. Goyes basically says, Hey, I just learned this new thing. I don't even know what it can do or what it might do, but, uh, do you mind if we kind of experiment and essentially they have a conversation? The guy says, look, you know, the doctors have given up on me. They told me I only have between six and eight weeks to live. So I don't care. We can do whatever. So, Dr. Goyes has an assistant and bear in mind at this time, um, neodymium magnets, if they were a thing, they were really just, uh, for commercial use. So Dr. Goyes is using old speaker magnets, like these big freaking speaker magnets. And he has an assistant, uh, basically start at the top of the head. And he said, if Dr. Broringer Meyer's theory is correct and there is an imbalance there, I wonder if it will cause the same leg link discrepancy that we see uh, or that he's been seeing. So he has this uh, assistant drag the magnet, uh, you know, starting at the top of the head. And Dr. Goyes is down at the feet because that's what Dr. Broringer was noticing. So he's down at the feet and this person is laid out on a, you know, on a medical table, uh, fully clothed. And. He having him drag it. Eventually he notices that the leg shortens and he, you know, motions to his assistant. Okay. Stop right there. All right. There's, we, we found this, uh, this imbalance. I think there's an imbalance here. And he said, so if my theory is correct, we need to use the opposite magnet and we need to drag it around the body and we need to figure out where the balancing point is similar to, you know, we could think about acupuncture where we would have, you know, the completion of the circuit, if you will. So, Long story short, they figure out the other point and Dr. Goy says, okay, the leg evened out. I have no idea what to do from here. You know? So he says, Hey, I'm just going to leave these on for like an hour. And so they do that. He sends the client home. He says, look, if, uh, if anything changes, let me know. But if not, I'll see you in two weeks. Well, three days later, the guy shows up 
And he's so excited because his diarrhea has stopped. He has noticed that he's sleeping through the night. He's able to keep food down. He had already gained in three days. He had gained three pounds of weight. So Dr. Royce said, okay, well, let's uh, tell you what, let's, let's try to find that point again and see if it's still out of balance. Uh, lo and behold, when he put the magnet in that original place, the legs didn't, they were not uneven. So Dr. Goyce said, well, I, I don't know, you know, if this is correct, but I'm going to assume that because the legs are still even that there's no imbalance there. So go home, do your thing and come see me in two weeks. Well, two weeks later, he shows up and boils are gone. Um, he's already gained 12 pounds. He's feeling much better. Dr. Royce said, hey, look, tell you what, let's do a check-in in a month. Let's see how you're doing. And he said, well, I'm supposed to die you know, this many weeks or whatever. And he said, I don't think that's going to happen. Anyway, long story short, the guy that had HIV, he's actually still alive today. Now, bear in mind, this is in 1988. Uh, doctors gave him six to eight weeks to live. And here we are in 2022. The guy lives now in Sacramento and he's running his own um, supplement company. So, uh, anyway, that sort of set Dr. Goy's on this path to develop this therapy over the next, you know, from 1988, I think he kind of retired himself, um, around 1998. And then, um, he actually passed away two years ago. So, uh, rest in peace, Dr. Goy's, but essentially he pioneered this therapy where we're taking two magnets. So we would have a, you know, a red magnet and a black magnet for, you know, those watching or for people listening, you can kind of wrap your head around this idea, but red magnet would be the North pole polarity. Black would be South pole polarity. And we're essentially using those in specific areas on the body where imbalance is indicated. And we're leaving those pairs on in a specific amount of time based on your latitude in relation to the equator in order for the body to reestablish uh, pH in order to achieve homeostasis and thus function at its best. That was a mouthful. <laughs> oh my, I'm, there's a lot here that I want to talk about. So, <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> we, we normally spend, you know, a week, a week training people on this stuff. There's a lot to unpack. <laughs> I'm sure there is. Yeah. Yep. Fascinating. You know, I assume when we hear that NASA is sending people to the space station, what they mean is they are putting them up in high altitude planes and, doing like simulated zero G and seeing what happens to them. Yeah. And okay. So I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that when we're talking about the body's magnetism, it's magnetic field that we're not really talking about anything different than the biofield uh, or the arg field, right? These things are pretty similar yeah. concepts, right? Similar concepts. Uh, we're using different tools, you know, but uh, you're, essentially we're all working with the body in some form or fashion. Uh, it's just how you approach it. And, you know, and I always tell people, too, that, you know, just like anything, biomagnetism, uh, although I might, you know, get uh, get slapped on the, the hand for saying this, but I don't think it, like anything else, is a one-shot, one-size-fits-all approach. Um, while, of course, I'm a huge proponent and I practice the therapy, I think there are multiple ways, just like with anything. We don't just eat potatoes, right? We have a variety of things in our diet. Um, we also have a variety of tools at our disposal in order to achieve optimal health. Um, this is just one of the, the many powerful ways we can do that. But yes, 
chance you're correct. Uh, biofield tuning um, is tapping into the same auric or biofield or the energy that's produced just from us being alive and our cells moving around, vibrating, our heart pumping, creating this electromagnetic response. Um, and, and we're essentially just providing this environment so the body does its job correctly. Yeah, dude. Okay. So the, le- the leg length discrepancy <laughs> yep. aspect of it, I find fascinating. Uh, l- listeners, frequent listeners might have heard this story before, but it's really fat, like really a good story. One of my most dramatic results I ever had with a client uh, had to do with leg length discrepancy. So <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, what I, what I understand about this is that it's related to like hip displacement as well. That part of why the leg length discrepancy might be going on is because the hips, one might be pulled back. You know, uh, there's there's that going on, but the hips are at the level of the root chakra for the biofield. So when you're taking these, quote, astronauts, unquote, away from the surface of the earth, it's almost like, you know, you're disconnecting them from their root in a way. So for them to come back with leg length discrepancies is kind of fascinating. And so anyway, this client, uh, older guy, he had been seeing a chiropractor. Uh, I found an imbalance in his energy field before he told me about his leg length thing, where one side of his biofield was actually lar- longer than the other side, which was pulled in. So he was lopsided at, at the root uh, level. There was like a bulge on one side, right? That so is fascinating. This, yeah, and this doesn't, I don't run into this that often, but I've run into it more than once. And anyway, I was describing this to him. I was like, you know, at, at your hip level, you have this bulge on one side. And he goes, well, that's interesting because my hips are really misaligned. And my chiropractor says that's why I have a leg that is six inches longer than the other one. And I was like, whoa, that's a really big discrepancy. And he Huge was having trouble going upstairs. Like walking was painful. So we did our session. I, I corrected that field shape geometry. And three days later... There's this three days again. It's <laughs> just so crazy. <laughs> the body seems to take up to three days to adjust from energy changes. Yeah. Uh, so that's the same for biomagnetism. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. He emails me and he says, I went to my chiropractor today after doing a stairs workout. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which he couldn't even go upstairs uh, with both legs. He had to do one at a time before. And yeah. his chiropractor says to him, what are you doing, man? Your legs are the same length. What did, what happened? I just saw you last week. Yep. <laughs> so this Cairo said that it was going to take months, weeks or months of stretching and adjustments to get the leg length discrepancy fixed. But we addressed it on the magnetic field or biofield level. And he was set after that. And he hasn't even contacted me since. So I'm assuming that it stayed good and he's feeling good. Right. Uh, so that that's an amazing, amazing possible result of like we're, Waving tuning forks around, we're playing with magnets. Somebody's legs are the same length now. That yeah. is a huge result. Yep. And in fact, uh, whenever I first started doing this therapy, you know, we were initially taught that's the first thing that you check for, um, just due to the fact that you know, whenever I'm scanning a person, it is helpful for us to have a, a baseline in order to determine whether an imbalance is there or not. And I can. And explain most people would have and know if they had a discrepancy. Most people don't. And I would say, I don't know, maybe 80% of the people that I see are walking around with a leg length discrepancy. And and this is common knowledge in physical therapy and also chiropractic that, um, and, and they don't have an explanation as to why. 
they just say like, oh yeah, well, this is just a normal thing that we see. People, you know, will eventually though have knee pain, hip pain. You, you start having gait issues, mild scoliosis, things like that, all because of this, you know, most people only experience maybe an eighth inch to a quarter inch of this leg length discrepancy, but that's enough to cause issues in the body later on in life, but just subtle enough that most people don't know. Um, you also account for the fact that we wear shoes and, you know, people aren't in tune with their bodies. Um, but there's definitely a the, the physiological thing that's occurring. So Dr. Goy's theory was, okay, well, these other people that I'm seeing that have this leg link discrepancy are not um, going to purported space, right? Uh, why do they have it? Uh, his theory was that essentially it was some physiological trauma, whether it was the birth trauma or, uh, you know, maybe something really early on that causes um, – a pH retraction in the muscle tissue. So for us, it's not necessarily the hip that's out of alignment. It would be more that a pH change occurs due to some type of traumatic event. And then what happens is these tiny groups of muscles uh, end up contracting themselves and they can just stay that way for years and years and years. Even if you're, you know, the most healthy alkaline diet person in the world, uh, you can have this pH imbalance until it's recorrected or relaxed by either biofield tuning or magnets. Um, there has to yeah, be some pH type of being shift. Like, so the pH is kind of another layer of the eternal yin and yang fractal, right, left, female, male, north, south, you know, pH. <laughs> right. All of and, these things are kind of that same axis. Right. And, you know, because our, our physical bodies are made up of about 10% hydrogen that's just floating around in a free form, which is why they refer to it as potential hydrogen, um, because it has the ability to instantaneously move through the tissue in one part or another um, in order to facilitate whatever is necessary at that time. Uh, hydrogen serves several different functions in the body. Uh, the one that we're most concerned with as biomag practitioners is the cellular waste component. It's actually responsible for helping to detox or get rid of unwanted material in the body. And so the magnetic fields physically are affecting the hydrogen proton ion in, in the body. And so what occurs there is once it's moving around, it starts to change the environment where it's moving to so we almost try to describe this as like the magnets sort of pushing or pulling uh, on the hydrogen in a way and each area that we're placing is sort of like a, a bridge or a connection uh that's our real rudimentary uh, rudimentary understanding of how this process is really working um but what's occurring there is probably a lot more than we fully understand. Uh, we're, you know, not only are we moving the energy around, but we're also moving these, these physical structures in a way and, and the body, it just knows exactly what to do with, with uh, the energy, which is just fascinating. Um, I still find it magic to see uh, the shortening and lengthening of the leg. Uh, every time you can actually physically place one magnet on a person where you might suspect an imba imbalance is, and then you can actually see the leg length retract if there's an imbalance there. And whenever I was first learning this therapy, I was just fascinated by that fact alone. So I would, you know, I'd place a magnet on an area of it. Let's say it's over the heart, right? Uh, if there's, there was an imbalance there, I would place the magnet 
And then I would go check the feet and just be absolutely in awe that there's this process happening. Uh, then I would take the magnet off. I'd go back and look at the feet and there they were, they were even. And I was just trying to understand why this even happens, you know, but now I understand a little bit more about how the, the hydrogen is essentially causing this uh, physical muscle retraction in the leg. You can, by the way, also see that in the arms. We just typically use the feet because they're a little easier to, to read, uh, engage that imbalance that's occurring so is there a side that is more likely to be the one retracting in terms of left leg right leg so originally it was thought by dr goyce that only the right leg would contract um and his theory there was that because the heart is positioned more towards the left every time that it pumps it depolarizes and repolarizes our magnetic field so the left leg is more stable uh, however, that was years ago, and he was just pioneering this therapy. What we have now learned, and of course, um, we can talk about muscle testing because that's an integral part of what we do. But uh, through the art of muscle testing, we understand that any leg can shift. So it, it could be the right leg. It could be the left leg. Um, what we're now understanding is that it's really the body's way of sort of communicating on, in sort of a binary format with us, like zeros and ones, like the matrix. Um, it's, it's a way of the body being able to tell us, yes, something is here or no, something is not here. Uh, so we understand that, that really it can be either leg, uh, which I'm still trying to wrap my understanding around because uh, you can have two practitioners. So like the physician that trained me, um, he will see a leg shift in the left leg. Typically, I normally see a leg shift in the right leg, but uh, through the power of intention, we can swap those, um, which we can talk about here in a little while. That is amazing. Yeah, the big, I think, benefit of this type of thing is being able to communicate with the body. The body knows everything. <laughs> it is it does. a vessel containing the undifferentiable, indivisible, eternal, infinite life force essence, right? So the yes. life force that animates this vessel, it is not separate, different, or less or more than the life force of all creation. Like that's the dimension, in my understanding, this is my experiential understanding. That's the dimension on which we exist, that things are truly one and unified is the life force energy itself. So the body being a container of that, it it, it contains literally the all, you know, the universe inside you. Yes. And so you can, if you can come up with the language to communicate with that body, then you're going to be able to basically find out anything you need to know. But the body does tend to talk more in a yes, no type of fashion. Now, with the leg discrepancy thing, I'll just throw out there of interest to me is how much the legs dictate our mobility in life mm -hmm. uh, on a psychic level that the biofield anatomy helps us comprehend that the left leg is like all about letting go. And the left knee and the left ankle in particular have a lot to do with our ability to let go of stuff. So if there's like, you know, this pH aspect of your body's ability to detox or release things that need to be let go of, and that's not in balance, the individual might find themselves inexplicably struggling to let go of, of things big and small on the mental plane. And to me, that's always been one of the big mysteries of 
our existence, our entire process of human, and, and like, you know, where, where does the grace, if you will, come from for one person to be like, I'm letting it go and actually let something go that doesn't serve them anymore versus another person that just like, they can't do it. It's not like there's no button yeah. for it, you know, like, why is that? And, um, it's maybe a chicken or an egg scenario, but we can definitely help the process on the physical level if it's getting jammed up on the mental level with the with sound and with magnetism i would absolutely agree uh and you know a big part of our therapy you know i tend to look at our therapy in terms of okay a we're looking at pathogenic causes because that at the root of our therapy you know when dr goyes set out to pioneer this he was a medical doctor so he's really trying to look at ways to um, help heal his patients and so that was really the whole point of discovering this but as we have you know taken it as dr garcia my mentor would say uh you know beyond we've taken it beyond what we initially had laid out with dr goyes and we're thankful that he was curious enough to to figure it out, but now we're understanding that not only are pathogens a part of the equation, but emotions are a, a massive, they, they play a massive role in not only our health, but physical manifestation of disease as well. So a lot of times, like what you're talking about, Chance, with this idea of, you know, body parts being associated with certain emotional states or the mental plane being able to let go of things or um, fear of something or maybe uh, maybe you're in excess of something else that's causing you to be um, disillusioned that, you know, or maybe in a state of denial. So maybe you're overly happy, but it's not a genuine happiness because you're trying to cover it. You know, we're so complex in the way that we you know, experience our existence. Um, but we tend to look at our therapy as, you know, 50% pathogenic and 50% emotional. Um, I would even submit that sometimes that could be closer to like 90% emotional and 10% pathogenic. Everybody is so unique that, um, we don't look at it as just a standard. So when I'm working with a client, we're working with their ecosystem and it's a snapshot of what's occurring in that point in time. Um, so I really try to, to hammer home with our clients that this particular, uh, you know, the imbalances that we find today are not a definitive. They don't, uh, you know, that is not your identity. That's just what we're seeing now. Just like, you know, you're not a pizza because you ate it yesterday, right? It's just something that you do and it moves through you just like an emotion or anything else. Um, so we're just trying to shift that, get the body back to a, a normal operating state uh, so that we can kind of move forward. But emotions play a huge role in that, uh, at which I'm sure you probably see a lot with uh, biofield tuning clients. I mean, that's to me, that's an integral part of healing. If you can't understand the emotional piece, yeah, you can get rid of a UTI. But if this person is, you know, quote unquote, holding on to an idea or a, a trauma or whatever, they may continue to have that UTI over and over and over. Exactly. The most successful tuning sessions that I have with people are the ones where we go, we find something all the way back in like when they were a baby or a toddler <laughs> and we <laughs> find like maybe two, three, four other trauma points in their lifetime, uh, in their field. Yep. And we are able to connect the nature of what it was that was going on when they were a baby or an, or a toddler 
and show the pattern of how that set up the expectation for things to occur in the ways that they did later. <laughs> and that that's the big yeah. success because once they see the pattern, they can make the choice of like, okay, I don't believe this about myself or I don't, you know, it's basically about changing beliefs. The, the example yeah. I can yeah. give is a, a quick example is a client just this week. We found that he had like <laughs> uh, repressed, uh, repressed anger as a like two year old, a toddler, which is a kind of weird place to find it. But, you know, he revealed that his parents were fighting a lot uh, when he was a very young and they ended up getting divorced, which that showed up in the field. Mm-hmm. And then basically it set up a pattern of him repressing anger because he didn't want to be like that. I'm not an angry person. It, 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 angry people make me feel bad. But because things still happen that bring anger and it doesn't get sure. expressed in a healthy way, you know, that puts yep. a load on the liver. Uh, the liver isn't able to detox things the way it needs to. That causes toxin buildup in the colon, like a yep. cascading series of effects. But in the personal life, a cascading series of effects of where because you're holding this anger, repressed anger inside yourself, life brings you angry people who try <laughs> to puncture your bubble with their anger. And it feels like they're attacking you. But it's right. really <laughs> the message of like the universal one trying to give you the me- the memo of like, hey, you're actually angry <laughs> and you're re- right. like rejecting the anger. You're making anger the enemy. So I'm going to bring you a bunch of angry enemies. And yep. the pattern is like, per- it's a perfect pattern. If you can just get the pieces of it, wrap your mind around it, it makes like you it can make someone's entire life click in a way that they never had before. And that's like, a, who knows where you go from there? Everything can change from there. So what I want to add, like, you may want to comment on all that, which is great. But I also want to, in the the free hour, talk about your remote sessions and how those Absolutely. work, what someone might expect from that, because I'm very interested. Yeah. Oh, well, and I would say, you know, here lately, it's kind of funny because, um, you know, even having interest in, you know, this therapy in terms of what, you know, it can offer in, in a healing way. Uh, you know, whenever I was learning about the remote aspect of it, the conspiracy theorist side of me was very interested, like, oh, that's a fun topic. You know, it's like Bigfoot, but there's a big difference between talking about Bigfoot and encountering Bigfoot. Right. So, um, they that's joke- so true. I was like, <laughs> I'm super skeptical. Like, how can you waving around 24 in my living room, uh, influence somebody in Australia? Right. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a big it's experiential a, thing. Experiential and it takes a, a very huge shift and also leap of faith that something like that is even possible. Um, you know, it helps us to have sort of a foundational, uh, thought process in order to try and chew on the idea. Um, but proof is always in the pudding, right? And so it's like, uh, once you've experienced it and someone else has experienced it, you go, okay, so there's something happening here and that allows you to continue. And the more you do it, the more you see results, the, the bigger your faith, so to speak, uh, grows because then it's like, there's definitely something to this. It's ridiculous that there wouldn't be because now I'm seeing all of these people experience whatever, but what we can talk about that later. Um, uh, when I would say, in terms of uh, the emotional stuff, it's very interesting working with clients because I'll throw my sister under the bus, which I think I did in a previous podcast, but she's been such a, a great uh, guinea pig and she's very open to doing the magnets. But a couple of years ago on her wedding ring finger, uh, she had experienced this sort of bizarre rash and it just came out of nowhere. And, 
you know, she had never had any issue with her wedding ring before uh, and it's gold. So there shouldn't be any reactionary problem going on there. But she calls me and she says, Hey, um, do you think that magnets could maybe help fix this? And I was like, well, I don't know. Let's, let's see. Uh, at this point I had been really diving deep into the emotional component of this, which I think has, has just been, in my opinion, almost more fascinating. I mean, I love pathogens and I'm really big into microbiology, but the emotional aspect is fascinating. So I go over there, we do a session and I end up finding that there were like seven emotions that were causing this physical manifestation of a rash where my rational biomag mind would go, well, there should be a pathogen here. But there's that word should <laughs> where we're assigning like, like I know everything. Um, but anyway, it turns out it was emotions and I asked her body, you know, what we needed to, in order to clear that. I actually ended up muscle testing and asking how many days it would be before the rash was gone. We nailed down a number. I told her, call me in this many days. I'm really curious to see if this rash goes away. Sure enough, it was like four days. She calls me, rash goes away. I had also muscle tested that after the rash went away that she could wear the ring, no issue. Sure enough, I was like, all right, sis, go ahead and put the ring back on call me if the rash comes back and no problem. There was. Um, so here we have a physical manifestation of some sort, the body's way of saying like, Hey, pay attention to these emotions. They're causing a problem. And now we have a physical manifestation occur. Once we talked about those emotions and she was able to, you know, take that deep breath and laugh about it and acknowledge like, yeah, we've had a lot going on. Uh, her body was able to go, okay, cool. Now I can let this go and we can move on. Yeah, that that's amazing. I also like to think about whenever finger issues come into play, the meridian system of Chinese medicine mm-hmm. and what might be connected to it there. Like, I've, I'm not super well versed in Chinese medicine by any stretch of the imagination, but I do have a chart. I'm not either. <laughs> I yeah. have like the chart of all the crazy acupuncture points and meridians, and there's so much to it. But I have found in a couple of instances that that ended up being helpful, like that. Uh, a client who had recently had an amputation on part of his index finger, we ended up c- tracing that back to co- issues in the colon and the gut, which the meridian actually connects the, right. the index finger to that part of the body. So, you know, the more you learn about the interconnectivity of the systems of the body, the less you can just brush off injury or disease as like, Oh, it just happened to me. I'm a victim of random chance. <laughs> right. And it's this neat that it's like, no, it's all connected. It's related to my emotions, my belief about myself. Like I get like a, the tiniest scratcher or bruise now if it if it happens. And I'm like, okay, what is what does this connect to with this going out? I know. Well, it's it's funny that you mentioned that. I was recently uh in New Hampshire and uh I'm we can talk about situations with um, with my late wife and all that if we want to dive into that. But subsequently, I'm considering uh, leaving Arkansas, going somewhere else, probably closer to uh, my mentor. And so I've been doing a little bit of scouting. Well, long story short, I was hiking. And uh, sure enough, I ended up injuring my right knee. And it's funny because um, I've been kind of getting interested in uh, the the, uh, therapy called body talk, 
which is also a very similar, uh, you know, it, it deals with tapping and uh, sort of intuitive energy medicine systems where we're looking at like root causes of, you know, say, for example, the kidney has to, you know, do with letting go and fear and this kind of stuff. And when the kidney is weak on one side, it causes the knee to be weak. And so it's that same idea, like, you know, I'm trying to figure out like, okay, what have I not been letting go of? What have I been like? you know, holding on to why am I afraid of something? And it's just funny seeing those connections because yeah, you know, if I hit you with a hammer, like I'm physically injuring you, there's probably nothing you can do about that. But, you know, going for a hike where I didn't trip and fall and bust my knee open on a rock, you know, it's just that my knee starts hurting. Uh, you should probably pay attention to that. Your body's probably trying to tell you something there. Um, yeah, so, yeah just listening. If you have a, if your right knee is hurting you or you injure it, it's probably going to be related to you feeling challenged by your obstacles in life or having difficulty moving forward in life. Right. Which is, you know, if it's very, the front of the knee, then it's like you, you feel like there's an immovable obstacle in front of you. If it's the more the back of the knee, it's probably that you don't really know how to overcome the obstacles or, or you know, so there's like the backside is more mental. The front side is more what's physically right there in front of you. There's uh, a lot of wisdom you can derive out of the knees. They're very talkative. Right. And it's so funny because, you know, both of those things that you mentioned, I, of course, immediately was trying to understand uh, from the emotional aspects, like, why did this happen to my knee? And sure enough, you know, I've been on a personal level dealing with a whole lot of of both of those aspects of being able to physically move and also to be able to move forward. Uh, you know, now that I'm sort of, uh, just not necessarily alone, but you know, I, I lost a lot last year. And so, you know, trying to navigate that situation, um, just sort of in my own way and figure things out has caused, I think, which is funny that you say, you know, the front of the knee and the back of the knee, and I'm kind of just right there on the, <laughs> the outside of the knee. So it's like this in between this gray area that I've been having this manifestation happen. And clearly I'm still not through it yet because I'm still dealing with the knee issue here like a month later. So <laughs> even, even a practitioner has to, uh, you know, take his own advice, but Oh, yeah, yeah. I pulled this story on the recent show with Alex Zach, I think, in the outro about how, like, I accidentally kicked my dog when I was trying to kick his ball. I was, like, running for the ball, tried to kick it, and the dog went for it, and I kicked the dog in the head, and I bruised the shit out of my foot. And uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't know why this happened. Why have I done this to my foot? And uh, Eileen listened to that episode, and she was like, oh, well, you right before that, you were talking about you were comparing yourself to how far along Alec is with his work and his business. And like, you know, you were like lamenting, but you were kind of pointing out like, oh, I guess it's OK that I'm not as far along in X, Y, Z. And like, <laughs> what has to do with like the path, the path that we're on. So like I was literally she pointed out like you were kicking yourself over not being farther along in your path and literally kicking your dog representing kicking yourself. And I was like, that's right. it. <laughs> Thank you. So sometimes, you know, it just that outside perspective to be able to connect the dots is really helpful because sometimes these patterns, even though they're always right under our nose, the truth is always within consciousness in our environment somewhere. But we're very good at ignoring and distracting ourselves from <laughs> the truth that is always oh, present. So a hundred percent. And but I think that's why the universe gives us each other, um, you know, the idea of this mirror. You know, uh, especially in relationships, whether it's friendships or romantic relationships, partnership, that kind of thing. Like we, we all 
you know, if you're, you're saying something that's irritating you about your partner, it's more than likely it's something that you've done in the past or you need to look at within yourself uh, to, you know, kind of understand and move through something or grow. Um, it is, it's, it's very funny how we tend to ignore all that stuff though. And just p- put it off as like a face value kind of thing. Like, Oh, well that happens or oh, I stub my toe. No big deal. Well, it's kind of the idea. Like, uh, I don't know. I've been saying this a lot lately, so maybe I need to also reflect on it, but you know, in the, in the, uh, the movie, the matrix and Neo goes to see the Oracle and she says, watch out for that vase. And then he's like, what vase? And he knocks over the vase and, uh, he's apologizing for breaking the vase. And she said, what's really going to bake your noodle later is if, uh, would you have broken it if I hadn't have said anything? Right. So it's like, <laughs> uh, I don't know, just these philosophical concepts about how there's really maybe more than one causation behind something that we would just chalk up to like, oh yeah, well, it's just a bacteria and, you know, people get stripped. That's just what happens. And it's like, well, would you have gotten stripped though, if your mental or emotional state was different, you know, or maybe if you hadn't had that cookie yesterday, there's so many factors, you know? So. Yeah. That's why it's almost like it's fun philosophically to look for which is a chicken or egg. But at the end right. of the day, it's just about looking at taking the snapshot of the whole in the moment you're in right now what's the balance of things and addressing that present moment situation. And the beauty of that is it actually, you know, in these more holistic modalities is that stretches back all the way across your timeline. <laughs> and yeah. The, yeah. All uh, tons of clients. I end up, you know, sort of guiding them through meeting a version of themselves that they're holding on to resentment towards whether yeah. it's a child version or a teenager version. And, yeah, it's a huge aspect of what is blocking release of difficult emotions is like the judgment that we hold for a version of ourself that we put in the past, but we're still them. <laughs> you know, we're still carrying that right. with us. <laughs> but Austin, right. we're at the end of the first hour. Do you have any uh, parting shots for the free people or any kind of contact you want to give out or where they can find more about what you do? Uh, absolutely. Um, if, if anybody is interested in, uh, trying out biomagnetism or they want to experience a remote session or sessions, they can contact me at hollow design at yahoo.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram. I think chance gave that out, but my Instagram is at bone underscore and underscore shadow. So it's at bone and shadow. Um, there's a reason I have uh, my Instagram name that it just basically has to do with the idea of the physicality meeting with the spiritual um, and that we embody both. Um, but yeah, they can find me there. If they're more interested in learning about biomagnetism, they can reach out to me or they can go to usbiomag.com and visit Dr. Garcia's website. He is just an absolute amazing human being powerhouse. I can't thank him enough for uh, teaching me and taking me under his wing. He's just, he's the greatest. <laughs> and I strive to, you know, one day be, be on his level. But, um, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate anybody that's open to hearing about it. Uh, me too. I love this stuff and I'm excited <laughs> to get over to the second hour and thank yeah. you to everyone who's going to join us there where we're going to explore more deeply the mechanics of this modality and some of the questions left on the table from the first hour so thank you austin it's been great to connect and i'm looking forward to the second part yes thank you so much guys hey everybody thank you for tuning in to a great episode you know i mean what else is there to say it was awesome yeah austin is like 
a brother from another mother were doing very similar type of work. I, <laughs> so, uh, somebody in the community rather, rather prominent, apparently made the statement that like, uh, yeah, Chance has good content because he gets all of Crow's guests. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, I guess that's, that's fine. I do like to listen to Crow and occasionally I do. I would say maybe like poach a guest or two from Crow. Uh, but, you know, we got a lot of originals around here, too. I'm not really salty about the comment, but I say that because this is a conversation that I had because I heard Austin on Crow. And I want you guys to maybe go check that out. If you enjoy, you know, our combo here, you can hear more about uh, his experiences with biomagnetism with Crow as the host. And that's always fun. And I think they talk more about the issue of his wife's cancer in maybe the earlier episodes, because I believe they talked before she passed away. So anyway, this conversation in the second hour really took off. And if you're new around here, the second hour of the podcast is where you can get, you know, the exclusive <laughs> premium subscriber only super elite extra heady info. I'm just kidding. Obviously, pretty much anything we would put into a second hour. If you were resourceful, you could probably find that information for free. However, given that there's only a couple of ways that you can support me, uh, aka Interverse, because I'm really the only one behind it, the $5 a month on Patreon or $10 a month on Rockfin seems like a pretty good deal to get yourself access to the back catalog of all the extended shows. We do a lot for free here. We have Vibrant every week. Those are two or three hours, sometimes more. And, you know, random other content occasionally. So I'm not asking you to go past the paywall for, you know, the secrets of the universe that are going to save your soul. But you might find something out there that you like or that's very helpful. Sure. Mostly it's about showing some recipro reciprocity for a show podcast producer guy me that you enjoy the content and want to help support so i hope you do and enjoy that rockfin.com r-o-k-f-i-n.com slash interverse or patreon.com slash interverse you can find links to those in the description of this podcast wherever you might be finding it if you're one of the audio people and you're listening to the show usually through the rss feed did you know there's a youtube and a rockfin channel or an odyssey channel where you can see us in video or vice versa, if you're one of the people watching on YouTube, there is an RSS feed that you can access that you can listen to the audio-only version of the show. And another little secret that is less well-known, maybe, is that on Patreon, if you become a Plus member, you can get a custom link to an RSS feed to hear the audio-only version of the extended show and have it populate into your podcast player app of choice like the iTunes podcast app, without you needing to even go look for it. So that's pretty handy. And on the Rockfin side, on the page for Interverse, there's like tabs, right? One of the tabs is called Stacks. Stacks are basically like a, a playlist. Whoops. <clears throat> and these playlists are, you know, organized by category, but one of them that maybe you don't know about, there's an MP3 playlist. So if Rockfin, you know, maybe you have data issues you don't want to use too much data you want to just hear the audio only version of the show without having to stream the video or it'll you know stream better if it's just audio 
Check that tab out for the stacks and look for the MP3 archive of the Interverse premium content on Rockfin. So basically, whichever way you go, Rockfin or Patreon, all the options should be available to you and relatively accessible and easy to get to. And with all that out of the way, what did we talk about this time in the second hour? We talked about what Austin learned from his wife's cancer process. That's pretty uh, heavy stuff, you know, especially because it reminded me a lot of George Wiseman of, you know, how how big of a challenge I want to say that, you know, Austin signed up for in this life to put all that effort into helping his wife and then she passes on and you know as somebody that loves my significant other quite a lot I can only imagine how hard that would be but also how inspiring it is to see somebody rise to the occasion and continue their life's work life's journey mission to be of assistance in other people's healing process and not lose hope uh, and not lose sight of you know his purpose for living and I'm I really appreciate that about him I think he's a great that we also talked about, uh, you know, this actually pairs really well with the episode with the Bagelson brothers. So if you didn't catch that, go back in December and check that out, particularly because I actually recorded those that episode and this conversation like really close to each other. So I've had this a convo with uh, Derek in my, you know, in the the shoot ready to be released for quite a while and just was waiting for the right time. And so we talked about the fungal nature of cancer, possibly. Like, that was kind of new information for me that cancer is kind of like a fungal development. Uh, we discussed the ideas of germs and viruses and terrain based in Austin's experience as a biomagnetism practitioner. Discussed muscle testing and how he is able to find and balance, like what indicates that when he's doing his BMT biomagnetic thing. <laughs> and that all led to conversation about learning to communicate with the intelligence of your body. And to me, that's the most interesting part of all of it, because I think our bodies basically know everything there is to be known. We discussed the power of the name as the essence of a being. We talked about sleeping with magnets. Do you do it? Do you not do it? How do you do it? The, and also I asked him some ideas about like the direction to face when sleeping. I know there's a lot about that in feng shui. So all that and a lot more in your second hour. And I hope you enjoy it and check it out. And thank you for supporting. And thank you for the people out there who've been supporting for months or years. Really appreciate that. <laughs> I like, I love my life so much. Uh, I always have loved life, but it's extra sweet to have this be my job. And, you know, my other job being tuning, biofield tuning, which is so similar to biomagnetism therapy that they're practically like, I don't know, sisters, sister therapies. They probably work really well in conjunction with each other. I've had some incredible tunings already this year with people, and I would love to do more. So if you want to start January off, you know, on a fresh, energetic, clean slate, hit me up. It is uh, kind of wild, honestly, how just bang on accurate the tuning stuff can be like. And this, is, this isn't about me being special. I think anybody could learn this. But example being like, you know, I'm waving tuning forks around in my living room and I'm able to say, hey, did you have a big falling out and fight with your mom at tw when you were 28? <laughs> or uh, 
Did your did one of your parents leave the equation of the family unit when you were five or or whatever? And the specific information that gets pulled out is like in and of itself can be sort of so shocking, not in a bad way, but just like, whoa, like, yeah, that did happen. That it almost like maybe the shock of that or whatever assists and helps with the integration of the energy because it's like you just pulled that out of the ether. And I, again, I don't look at myself as the special boy, psychic, magic, healer, man. I'm more like the instrument of the creative force. And I appreciate getting to be the instrument a lot because it's super fun. But really, it's the higher force. It's the supreme being. Not like a guy called the supreme being, but like being itself at its highest, most pervasive, all, you know, all encompassing level, the being of existence, <laughs> that existence exists. That's what we tap into. The effortless self-existing flow of life force energy is what we do with tuning. That's what we're working with. And that's what we are helping flow and improve its flow and its structure. So if you'd like to do that, um, and you know, also learning to communicate with the intelligence of your body, let me back up. That was a big part of this conversation with Derek and I keep calling him Derek. He's not Derek. He's Austin. I'm sorry, Austin. Keep calling. It's because, uh, there's another guy who does all kinds of fun, similar work. Who's like very much tapped into his psychic abilities named Derek Condit. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Austin Walters though, he definitely has great information about this muscle testing and communicating with the intelligence of your body and using magnets to help with that. And I think we all have our own way that we could develop of being able to get the message from body. And maybe it starts off more as like a yes, no. And muscle testing definitely has that going on. And maybe it develops more into like clear signals, pictures, images, stories that come through. Now, for me, it's kind of both. I'm working with the yes, no. And that comes through like, you know, does it click? My ears pop. I get this like feeling in my head. And that lets me know when I found what I'm looking for. And it's gotten so like I've gotten so much faith in it now. Because at first when I started having that, I was like, is this real? And I double and triple check. But now I've got so much faith in it because it has been so consistently helpful and accurate that I'm, you know, <laughs> like asking my body all kinds of questions, like pointing at one thing and then another thing, which thing, you know, this or that. And I'll get like, it clicks. I know which one. And I think we all have the ability to develop a, some kind of communication system with our bodies along those lines. And I just got paranoid. I was like, is is my mic on? <laughs> anyway, it's been like a, a good flow. But I think we all have the ability to do that, right? And I think it can be learned. I think it'd be self-taught. And I think that even having a model, like I would like it to come through this way. Maybe asking for it will allow it. I don't know. Because Kyle, the Tippecanoe Herbs Herbalist Bear Supermaster Kyle, Kyle Denton, he has been playing around with Tuning Forks too, and we've had a lot of conversations about it. He talked about his session with me on the last Vibrant in quite like lengthy detail, which I appreciate a lot. Thank you, Kyle. And he was telling me, I don't remember if he said this on Vibrant or just when we were talking, but that he's getting the click. Like it's starting to, it's starting to click for him. <laughs> and I think we could all have something like that, but we should practice the skills and the modality that gives the space for that to arise. 
And I think that also getting into practices that move and bring into a better flow and harmony, the energy of our biofield and our body, like Qigong is the one, but you know, if it's yoga for you, do that. But I think that there are modalities that we can practice that actually give us more of that sensitivity and electrical charge that uh, makes that type of communication with the body more accessible and and will allow it to reveal itself how it will work for you. Because it's not going to work the same for everybody. Maybe it's similar for me and Kyle because our Neptune is in the same, uh, you know, part of the sky because we're similar age. I have no idea. Actually, I do have an idea. I think that it is somewhat related to our uh, astrological configuration. But anyway, uh, I've been talking a lot about it, but I do think we ought to do a session together. They've been awesome lately. They're always awesome. I learn more, get better at it. So there's, you know, even if you wait a while, there's no wrong time. In fact, it's always going to be the best possible time because I will continue to get better at it. And you can hit me up at chance at interversepodcast.com. If you're curious about doing a session, you can find the sound healing tab on my website. If you're curious about doing a session, that is uh, linked in the show notes as well. The recent Michelle's Healing Home episode that I did, I would like more of you guys to check it out. I talk a lot about tuning and my own journey to it. It's a really good chat. And then at the end, there is a group tuning session free to all that you can get in on and experience, even though you're not there in real time for the live, the effect of the tuning at the end, the group tuning is going to remain effective. You can do it as many times as you want. Sometimes people repeat them. If you do a session with me, you'll get a recording and you can redo it if you need to rebalance. So yeah, it's been a great year so far. <laughs> really loving life. Everything's awesome. Um, think I'll probably have Austin back on I say probably, for sure. I actually would like to hang out with him in real life. I should have talked more about how great he is in the outro, but just let it be known that he's great. And we'll talk to him again. And I hope to see him in, you know, meet space because we don't live that far away from each other. And hopefully that can line up. I'm putting that out there that it is my intention. And I'm going to play this out with a track by Volo, a.k.a. Oliver Bruska. Volo is amazing. You can find him at volovibes.com or on SoundCloud or Spotify or what have you. So hope you enjoy this one. It is called Wild Mind by Volo. And hopefully I said everything I need to say in this outro and I'm going to wrap it up and I love you all. And thanks for listening and watch out for the next one. They're always good. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Oh,